Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and I am here today with my co-host, Dr. Millicent Ravello. Millicent, how are you doing? I am doing very well. Thank you. Did you have a successful day of surgery or patient seeing? Today was my large patient seeing day. So I saw Busy in the office. a whole bevy of patients, lots of them. And we are going to talk about today breast augmentation coupled with mastopexy, a breast lift. So breast augmentation with mastopexy is basically breast implants with a breast lift. Correct. And did you see any patients today that had had that as a area of interest? Yes, I did. I saw a few that were coming in for a consult for a lift, and then we started talking about adding on implants as well. It's not an easy operation. No. In fact, there was a time when surgeons would not do both of those operations together. They would stage them and say, you can either have the lift first and then have your implants, or you can have your implants and then a lift. But there was a time when it wasn't really a, considered a good idea to do them together. We now have evolved with the techniques and we know more than we did. And so now it's a pretty common procedure. But at one time, it wasn't. No. In fact, I remember when I started in practice, I told patients they had several options. We could either stage it, do the lift, then put in some implants afterwards. We could uh, do them together. But I would say that there was a 20% chance that they were going to need some type of adjustment, which I still say, even though that's really not the statistic anymore because it is much more reliable the way that it's done. But just to be safe, as I tell patients, patients that if you do need revision of the skin, if it's you, it seems like it's 100%. Sure, of <laughs> so, no, of course. Definitely. So it doesn't matter that the revision <laughs> rate is low, but if you can kind of, quote unquote, get away with it at the same time, then you save them a second operation. Right. And that's, that's the idea, although there is more to it than that. A lot of it has to go back to what that patient really needs and what would be their best surgery. So just to get sort of a baseline understanding of our terminology here, when we say implants, augmentation, we're talking about someone who's getting silicone or saline implants placed to increase the volume of their breasts. A lift or a mastopexy is the actual term for it, is when the breast and the nipple itself has descended on the chest wall. And so you need to lift the nipple back up into where it should be and remove extra skin. And that's done using several different techniques. The breast lifts can be done either as a periareolar lift, where you literally make the incision and the closure around the areola, the pigmented area of the nipple mm -hmm. that is you know larger than just the nipple itself. Right. Or you can do it with a lollipop scar, mm -hmm. where there's the cut around the areola and a line, down the, uh, line scar down the front of the breast. Or an anchor scar, the Y's pattern, where there's actually the cut around the areola, down the front of the breast, and in the inframammary fold, the crease where right. the breast meets the chest wall. And those are sort of varying degrees of mastopexies. So going from the one you mentioned first, which was the periareolar, is for someone who doesn't need as dramatic a lift and doesn't need as much skin removed, and then all the way up to the anchor pattern for someone who has very low inferior nipples and a lot of skin that needs to come out. Right. And you and it all it depends on how far the nipple needs to travel mm -hmm. up the breast. That's really, you know, I have sort of guidelines that I use, but it's not they're not hard and fast, but I think when you're moving 14 centimeters, you know, a, a right. long way up the chest yeah. wall, you're talking about doing an anchor scar. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, plus that re- that really results in the most projected, most beautiful look that you can get, except that it has scars on the breast. Yes. And in general, I would say scars on the breast heal fairly well. There's always some and individuals don't. that don't That's heal right. well. Um, in general, they heal okay. But yes, that is the drawback to the larger scars and patterns is that you have visible scars on the breast. But here's what I also tell patients. If you need a lift and if you need a big lift and you don't do a big lift and you just put in implants, it's going to look very ugly. So you are trading visible scars on the breast for an attractive breast at the expense of scars versus having a big old implant in there and the rest of your breast and nipple hanging off of it, which is just ugly. It's gross. I was going to say it's not cute, but I'll go with gross. <laughs> it, it's not It's not how the breast is supposed to look. No, I mean, when you're sitting there and you know that this can be the best. I, I mean, it's our job as the surgeons to guide the patients to the best possible outcome. Yeah. So uh, there are borderline cases where you're like, well, mm-hmm. we could just put in an implant. Yeah. Maybe you don't need a lift. Bordering on and you could have a periareolar lift. Right. Or you could say, well, you know, maybe we could get away with the periareolar lift, but if not, then we're coming back to do a lollipop or an anchor. Right. And so it is, it is a spectrum of of lifts that really differenti- differentiates this operation from just putting in some breast implants to make the breasts larger. Yes, and it can be very tricky, especially in that patient that is borderline. Like, what do do they need a lift, or will they be okay with just an implant? Because putting in an implant alone will lift the nipple a little bit and it will provide some volume to fill out you know an extra skin envelope but frequently if you're trying to achieve a lift with an implant you're going to have to put in a very large implant to accomplish that which in some cases is fine if that's what you want but if you don't want to put a very large implant in and you need a lift, then you just need a lift. Well, and I think, you know, the it always comes back to the larger the implant, the larger the problems that come with it. And that's that's reality. I mean, just the the bigger these implants get, more capsules, more, mm-hmm. you know, malposition, yeah. more problems. And, I, and I'm not crazy about those issues. And so it's like if we can do this with a reasonable size implant and do a nice lift, and maybe add some fat grafting, which I love to love do. It, yes. I love fat grafting with a small-ish implant and a lift. That is, that's it. That's the the rejuvenation technique that I really think works well. And I absolutely agree. I'm a huge fan of fat grafting. I think it has a lot of great opportunities and it has a lot of great applications for everything. But I think when patients come, a lot of times they're coming for one or two reasons with their breasts. Usually they're young, they haven't had children, and they just want a larger size, or they've just always sort of had kind of droopy breasts and they want a lift or an implant, or they are postpartum, they've had children, they've breastfed. And those patients in general are the ones that really need or benefit from having an implant with a lift because their skin envelope is loose, it's lax, the nipple has usually descended a little bit. And so they need a lift to get the nipple back up on the chest wall. But what they also have is volume loss. So that upper pole, that top 
part of the breast, the part that you see, you know, with cleavage or in a low cut shirt, that part's usually deflated in these patients. And that's where even just a small implant can be of a lot of benefit. And a lot of times patients are hesitant because they say, well, I came in for a lift. I just want my breast to be perkier, to be happier. I don't want an implant. But just by lifting the nipple and taking out the extra skin, the breast actually looks smaller when you take out the extra skin. For sure. And you do not get that upper pole volume at all. Like That does not come with the lift. And so that's why I say if that's the look you want, if you really want that more youthful breast look, even a small implant would be of huge benefit. And again, sometimes even after you do the lift and the implants, that medial, that cleavage in the middle really benefits from fat grafting. <laughs> I, I agree. A, I am a fan. I'm mean, using agree. your own tissue. Yeah. I, I mean, I've done lifts with just fat grafting, and yeah. that works well too. But again, the fat is going to get it smaller goes, over yeah. time. It goes away. It's not It's not an implant that's going to stay. By any means, no. But, uh, you know, implants do have issues with capsular contracture, mm-hmm. which we've talked about on other podcasts. So you have to, you know, again, when you're making these choices, go to a board-certified plastic surgeon like Dr. Ravello, who is a real expert, or myself, that uh, we really have seen, kind of been there, done that on a lot of these issues, and can talk about the individual case, you know, every patient being different, because the issues are not, every patient has different things going on in their life, they've got a different anatomy, they have different desires. They have a different look that they're trying to get. And all those things come into a decision tree that allows the surgeon to work with the patient. And that's what we do. And really pick what's best for each individual. Absolutely. I mean, there are patients that are dead set against having implants for their own reasons. And that's when a lift and fat grafting is an excellent option. I love doing that, too. It it is a great way to go. It's great. But you're not going to get a large breast. You're just not. I mean, unless you come with your own, you know, large amount of breast tissue. But the amount of volume that you can get with a single episode of fat grafting is not dramatic by any means, but it is a good adjuvant for a lift or for implants and a lift. I right, agree. because you, you can't overdo it on the fat you grafting. You can't, no. If you, if you, you push the envelope, <laughs> yeah. right, because if you push the envelope on the fat grafting, you're going to have fat necrosis. Yeah. You're going to have seromas. You're going to have, you know, loss of the nipple areolar complex. Right. You're going to have real problems. When you And again, I always go back to Louis Toledo's first book on fat grafting where he says 300 cc's is kind of the max. Oh, yeah, for sure. For, for butt grafting. Right. You know, this yeah. is for the Brazilian butt lift. And so if you think about a breast, it's nowhere near the size of a butt cheek. So you can't sit there and say, I'm going to pump 500 cc's into this breast. No. It doesn't work. It doesn't it's work. dangerous and it's a problem. Yeah, because the fat needs to be surrounded by healthy cells, healthy breast tissue in order to survive. And if you're just pumping a bunch of fat in there, each individual cell is not going to be surrounded by enough healthy fat and healthy breast tissue to survive and get blood supply. So it dies. So now you've lost all that fat that you put in there and it turns hard and it scars and you are. There is a very definitive limit to how much fat you can put at any one time. Now, I have gone back and done several rounds of fat grafting on any one patient, give them six months in between, and then come back and put more fat. That's totally an option. And most patients are happy to give up the fat. Oh, they're, they're not, you know, <laughs> not, they're not a lot upset of complaints. with that. No, no. Take Wait, some more, doctor. You want to take more out of my belly? No problem. No, I'm not going to let you do that. <laughs> of course you are. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is a, it's a great way to go. I love doing the, uh, doing implants in a lift. Uh, but, you know, the fat grafting with it, there's there are all these options. And again, the best thing to do is get into your board certified plastic surgeon, 
probably us because we just <laughs> love doing this stuff and uh, and we're happy to see you. But if you're in Texas, you're not going to necessarily get on a plane. So find somebody who's board certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery and get in and have a discussion. Yes. So have your discussion, make a plan, and then be reasonable about what you can and can't expect out of it. You know, there was a reason, you know, 20, 30 years ago when this was not a standard procedure because it comes with a high complication rate. You bet. Not super high, but higher than, you know, some of the other plastic surgery procedures we do because you're you're combining two separate procedures into one. And you really are sort of fighting two forces. On the one side, you're trying to increase the volume of the breast. And then on the other hand, you're taking out skin to decrease the amount of skin that you have. So you're kind of having these competing forces and and goals. So it's a very, it's a finesse operation that takes a lot of planning to really get right. Because the complications can be anything small, like a little bit of skin breakdown, or it can be a little bit of a scar that's unsightly, or it can go to the entire extreme of losing the nipple and having the nipple die. So you have to really plan these operations appropriately. Nipple death is never popular. I've seen it a few times. You know, it, it does happen. It's a disaster when it does, but it's usually in the cases where the planning wasn't exactly on the money. Right. So. Well, I I do love the results. Good size implant, not crazy big, appropriate lift, and great follow-up. You can get great results with an augmentation mastopexy. I couldn't agree more. Well, I think we kind of covered that. Do you have any other comments to make about the augmentation mastopexy conundrum? (laughs) No, I think we got it all covered. Is tomorrow your operative day in Beverly Hills? Tomorrow is my consult day consult in Beverly day. Hills. So when you're doing consults for this procedure, what do you recommend the patients bring into you? So should they bring photos of what they're looking to get in terms of size? Should they bring, uh, you know, kind of their their goals in clothes or in models that are not clothed? How do you like to gauge what the patient is thinking? Because I think that's a big area that's really important to kind of nail down. Right. I really, really like pictures. Um, And I think when I'm dealing with someone who's coming in just for a primary AUG, I tell them, bring in pictures of patients that have implants. Because comparing someone who has naturally large breasts to a model that has implants are two different looks. So I say, bring in someone who has implants in that are about the size you'd like. If I'm dealing with someone that's looking to have maybe a lift or a lift with implants or isn't really sure, I have them just bring in pictures of breasts they like because that'll direct me into, well, should we really just stick with the lift or should we do a lift with an implant or a lift with fat grafting? Because there's more of a spectrum of options with those patients. So I say just bring in pictures of breasts that you like. Bathing suit pictures, lingerie pictures, naked pictures. I think naked pictures are best because it kind of gives you a better idea of the whole breast. And a breast especially with implants, a model that's naked with implants, those breasts don't actually look as large as the implants actually are, if that makes sense. No, it's true. I mean, that's why you have to get a sense of what they're thinking. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I would do the same thing. I say, bring me whatever, whatever's going to tell me what you're thinking about, whether they're clothed or, or you know, naked, whatever. It, it, it doesn't matter because at the same time, I just want to be able to see what they what they say, I want my breasts enlarged. Yeah. I want to know, like, well, what does that mean to you? Right. Does that mean a very augmented look, or do you looking more for the natural look? 
it, it definitely helps. I highly encourage pictures. And if they don't come with pictures, I say on your next visit back, come with pictures. Right, for the pre-op. Yeah. It's usually you do a consult, then they come for a pre-op visit, and then they have surgery. Right. Well, tomorrow's the consult day. Let's uh, see some patients. I am doing the same. I uh, appreciate you coming into the studio tonight, Dr. Ravello. We have... Uh, I have been pretty impressed with the reception our little podcast is getting. I hope people are watching the YouTube channel. Uh, we have now a couple videos up. Is that right? I think we have a whole two videos. Two, up. but there's many more but to come. There's many more to come. We many do, more to come. Yeah. Yeah, the YouTube channel is <laughs> youtube.com slash Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, right? Yep. And then uh, we have the Instagram, which I think everybody should be on as well. Then you can... Uh, kind of see what's happening and where things are going with the podcast but we've got a lot of a, a strong reception people have the thirst for the information so we're happy to be doing it uh but for now this is the beverly hills plastic surgery podcast coming to you from the 90210 the beverly hills plastic surgery podcast is brought to you by rock spa this is Medi Spa, located both in beverly hills and newport beach providing services such as botox fillers lasers, and all therapy, as well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director, me, Dr. Jay Calvert. Rock Spa Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spalding Drive in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310-777-0496. And Rock Spa Newport Beach is located at 1617 West Cliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there is 949-644-1111. You can go to their respective websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. Rock Spa was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty. And if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform, it's the way to maintain those operations. If you mention this podcast, you will get the member's pricing for your hydrofacial. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery. But there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery. Our practices are located in Beverly Hills, and I also have a satellite office in Newport Beach. If you'd like to get more information about our actual plastic surgery practices, you can take a look at my practice at drcalvert.com and Dr. Ravello. RavelloPlasticSurgery.com my phone number is 310-954-1355, or you can contact us directly through the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com, and you can reach my office by calling 310-777-8800, and that will get you an appointment either in Beverly Hills or at the Newport Beach office. My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is 310-954-1355. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune-ups.